G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. An update today on what we were talking about just a few weeks ago called the Hope at Home Film Festival. Well, the film festival was originally called the Faith Film Festival and it was planned to be in cinemas. And, of course, if you're in capital cities, that might have been okay for you if you're in Regional areas, out in the bush, out in the outback, well, that wasn't going to suit you at all. But coronavirus came along, upset the best laid plans and caused a rethink. And so the organisers changed direction, renaming the festival to Hope at Home. And they created a platform so that you can participate from your living room. Now, it's bringing powerful stories life-giving content, community engagement and the opportunity for interaction as well as the opportunity to learn from world-class storytellers all from the safety and comfort of home. Well, our special guest is coming out, Russ Matthews, back with us. Russ works with the City Bible Forum, partnering with Heritage Films with this project. He's a film reviewer for various publications and he moderates events called Real Dialogue, connecting the film industry with the general public. Always a pleasure talking to Russ. Russ, welcome along to 2020. Hey, it's always great to be here, Neil. Thanks so much for having me there today. And Russ, uh, just before we uh, switch the microphone on for our segment today, as I was uh, saying, hey, get ready here, Russ, uh, you said, wow, heavy conversation just gone before uh, talking about coronavirus. And uh, the quick mention that we had of the fact that there are lots of films that have been released with regards to uh, all sorts of viral outbreaks and things like that. I wonder, I wonder if you've got any sort of comparison to what we see in our news screens about how, you know, the medical uh, fraternity deals with uh, the death and destruction caused from coronavirus around the world, and and what the movies, what they would when they were whether it was like a prophetic uh, preview of what we're seeing today. What are your thoughts? You know, it's really fascinating. Literally, the month before this whole thing kind of came to head, as it were, um, with the whole coronavirus, I was doing a whole series of talks on um, dystopian films and how they compare to the the um, book of Revelation. And so it was fascinating kind of seeing the combination and looking at the book of Revelation, but also looking at dystopian films. And most dystopian films, which those means they kind of have a bleak depiction of kind of the future, um, usually deal with some sort of outbreak. Um, so, I mean, you go from anything from contagion to outbreak. Um, also, you have, uh, say, 12 Monkeys. And even the Planet of the Apes series was based on a uh, virus that had attacked mankind. And so it's really interesting kind of see how um, these two have comparisons. The, only, the, big, the big difference, though, I think, with dystopian films, opposed to, say, the Bible, is that dystopian films tend to play on our fears in so many different ways, while what the Bible really has to offer us is hope. And so it's a very different, there's similarities, but there's a major differences. 
Wow, having you opened up an amazing conversation here and the listeners might like to join in here because if we ignore the content of films and talk about having even a certain sense of righteousness about the way that the outcomes or even the plot of a film might uh, might play out, when you talk about dystopian films, uh, those films that play on fear, you could feed yourself on those sorts of films. And for a lot of people, they're really, you know, that's exciting stuff to, to, to want to watch. And people have a certain attraction for uh, that style of film. Uh, but there's something that is happening within you when you're exposing yourself to the sorts of messages that are coming, whether they're obvious or whether they're a little deeper and in the effects on our subconscious. What are your thoughts around that idea of fear and the things we expose ourselves to? Oh, you know, it's exactly what I was I was talking about, is just that if we just kind of continually are taking in um, content that really just plays on our fears, what that usually does is kind of puts us into having a very similar position ourselves or our outlook on life. And I think that that's where we were really able to strike the balance between the two of looking at dystopian films. And there are some really great films that um, are, are put, have been put out in kind of that genre as far as kind of looking at the future, what it holds, and most of it tends to be very fear-based. But yet, to then balance it by looking at what we have with the Bible, um, Revelation, and then also you can go back and look at um, what you see in the Old Testament in Daniel and Ezekiel, and even in the Gospels to a degree, is that what we have is a depiction and a view of the future, and there are some different things that are, can be considered fearful when you read through the book of Revelation. But thankfully, for those of us who are followers of Christ, um, really can have a hope, um, regardless of what the challenges and the difficulties, especially right now, I think that's what we really need. I mean, when you're looking at all that's going on in the world, not just in Australia, um, that what we're going on in the world, um, we really need to be kind of communicating a message of hope. And I think that that's what we have to offer kind of in, in within this whole discussion on kind of what the future holds for us, because we, we don't know. I mean, that's the thing that's amazing about this is right now it's happened so fast. We really don't know what's going to happen, but yet what we can trust in is having hope in Christ. Let's take this just a little deeper. I didn't know we'd go in this direction, but hey, we're here, and you're talking about dystopian films and uh, and even comparisons to the book of Revelation. And at the same time, when I think of the uh, contents in the book of Revelation, and uh, I see that as a very positive thing. It's the unveiling, the revelation of Jesus Christ. But if I don't see the Jesus being unveiled of Scripture... And I don't see the hope of eternity and uh, the way that things happen in the end times. Actually, the other way, I'm actually faced with a very dystopian style of uh, picture in my mind, the image that comes from Revelation if I'm on the wrong side of history here. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that in going through and doing this study... And I'm um, going through and seeing the depictions, and if you're going through and reading the book of Revelation, because what was interesting for me was doing the comparison of the two. The first time I saw a dystopian film was also right about the time I became a Christian and started reading the book of Revelation. And at first it was a little scary for me reading the book of Revelation, but then when you dig into it and be able to see and understand that you don't have to um, live in a state of fear, and that 
One of the things that I think gets misunderstood, I think, sometimes when it comes to communicating the message of the gospel is that that people think that all of a sudden everything around you and also everything in your life is supposed to be happy and good and that there's not any bad things that are going to ever happen to you or those that you love. But that's actually not the message of the Bible. What it is is that what we have in the book of Revelation, is that there are going to be difficult times, there are going to be challenging times, but we can have a hope um, in our eternal salvation, but also a hope that just kind of in living this life because of being Christians, and also we can convey that to others. And I think that's different than the message that you get from most dystopian films, is that most dystopian films kind of live in this kind of um, things are bad, they're going to get worse, um, and just you're going to have to deal with it, and um, there's really no hope. While the Bible gives us hope, because the thing is that right now, even though we live in a beautiful country, we have amazing things that the Lord has given us within the country of Australia, but yet there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. There will be no illness, there will be no death, and there's a hope that we can have in this new heaven and new earth um, for our future. And so, yeah, Neil, it's it's a fascinating comparison, and I really have enjoyed the, the kind of the study. Wow. And if the idea of being a person of faith and having hope in Christ and where that gets, I imagine, to a certain level of maturity, you could watch the same dystopian film with someone who has no faith and you're going to see things in a whole different light. I mean, there's substance to our faith in Christ when we start to uh, let what is within us uh, to colour the way we see the world. And I know, Russ, that, and I, this is why one of the things I do love talking to you about is that you say to people as a Christian film reviewer, you don't tell people not to see the film. Sometimes that's like a red rag to a bull, isn't it? Uh, everybody exactly. wants to go and see what you tell them. You, know, you shouldn't watch that. Uh, you don't tell them to, but you, uh, you encourage people to actually have an assessment according to their faith, so that they can make sense of the messages that are being relayed. Uh, it's a powerful way to think about movies. Yeah. Well, and, and again, it, this goes back to conversations that we've had. I don't necessarily tell everybody to go see every film, because I don't want to cause people to go down paths that aren't healthy for them psychologically, spiritually. But I do say, you know, if you're going to watch the film, don't just kind of just let the message just kind of um, control who you are. Think about it. And also, especially for Christians, put it through a biblical lens, and really analyze what it's saying and how that either compares and it could be complementary or it could be divergent from what the Bible has to teach. But how then can you not only kind of think about that or even get upset about it, opposed to actually having a conversation with others, because you know that people are probably going to be watching a lot of these films. So how do you have a conversation with somebody about that? And so, yeah, that's what we really love to do is just kind of, um, if people are going to be watching it, what can we do to really help to engage and bring in a biblical idea um, or the gospel um, to the story? Well, Russ, let's get into some discussion about this Hope at Home Film Festival. It's been underway for uh, just before Easter, I think it started. That's right. And, uh, We're already into our fourth week, as a matter of fact. And uh, you at City Bible Forum uh, partnering with Heritage Films and uh, looking to see the whole thing really go well. Have you got any sort of update for us? Is uh, Are things going well? Are there a lot of people who are participating in the Hope at Home Film Festival? Yeah, what's great about it is that you don't have to be at the go to the first one um, for you to get involved with it now. You can actually still get involved because there, there's films going all the way up through June um, for this 
um, event, and they've got some great films that are coming, especially even this next week. But one of the things that they're doing a little bit different um, with Heritage and with the movie at, at The Hope at Home is that it's not just, it's a festival. So that means that there's not just, you don't just watch a movie, but actually you're able to engage with different people who have something to say or maybe even participated in the making of the films. And so Randy Hartley was just on here recently for Beautifully Broken. We've got Al Stewart, who's going to be, um, we're going to be talking with him on some of the themes from the film Hacksaw Ridge. And um, I just got a a promo for um, Colin Buchanan's actually going to be a part of it. Um, later on in the month of, of May, um, after the film Ragamuffin, and then also we're going to be talking with Bethany Hamilton um, with her new film called Unstoppable. And so there, it's just a really great way to kind of engage with it, also invite other people to be a part of it, and especially if you're going to be sitting at home, um, it gives you uh, more than just kind of the experience of watching the film. You actually got to get to see behind the scenes, maybe be able to see some uh, fresh new takes on it and, uh, and just kind of some enjoyable time together even as a family. Well, a great thought in there as to what makes a film festival different to just setting up a series of movies and saying, hey, be entertained by these, because you're actually desiring to take people deeper into the meaning of the movie. And it's something you don't get when you're you're flicking around on Netflix. You've got these other additional options that can deepen your understanding. That's right. And, and, and that's what um, I really love the team at, at Heritage, Heritage Films, what they're doing, and also the, the team at City Bible Forum, really seeing how we can engage with people. I mean, right now we do have, a, without, with lack of a better term, a captive audience as far as people are willing to come along. But the fact that, yeah, it's more than just entertainment, that there's some really great messages out there, some great stories. But then to be able to connect with those that have been a part of it or maybe really have something beautiful to say about it, um, I think that that's... That's the, that's the thing that's fun about a festival. I, I love going to film festivals and being a part of just being a part of that community. And right now we have to do it from our homes, but I think we can still be a part of a community um, through it all. Russ, I'm looking down the list of movies that are a part of the film festival, and uh, it's not a secret what those movies are. And uh, as right. you say, uh, two or three of those have probably already uh, been aired as part of the actual festival. Uh, not right. a dystopian movie in sight. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Because the Hope at Home Film Festival, uh, with a Christian foundation and focus here, it doesn't mean you do away with the action and the adventure, but there is a certain sense in which uh, the sorts of movies that you're serving up as part of the festival uh, speak very deeply into people's lives, but uh, not in that same sort of dystopian sense that you might get from watching some movies on Netflix. That's that's so true. The, you're right. There are no dystopian films in this film festival. Um, yeah, it's an interesting way for us to kind of start the conversation. But... I think what the what the film festival really does, even though some of the films are a little bit more confronting than others, as far as some of their content, um, it can be a little bit more of a, a reality check. All of them, in the end, really come away with a very hopeful and um, positive aspect. Some of them are faith based. Some of them are are maybe not as uh, well. Most of them right now are probably pretty much more faith based, but they. Uh, they definitely convey something that's very positive, um, even though if you travel through some of these stories, some of them are very, very, very um, confronting, especially when you get to the Graham Stain story with the least of these or even Hacksaw Ridge this coming week. 
This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Russ Matthews, who works with City Bible Forum, is our guest. City Bible Forum's partnering with Heritage Films for the Hope at Home Film Festival. And, you know, it is something that you might like to sign up for. It is only just started and plenty more great films to come. Hopeathome.com.au is the website to participate. And I don't normally talk about price on 2020 often, but, but Russ, let me just say, I think it's 29.95 for people to participate in this. And I imagine that for the, for what benefit people are getting, that's just such a small price to pay to participate in what is a widely experienced film festival. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic value. Um, yeah, I'm not going to probably wouldn't go into it, but I was amazed that they were willing to offer that price. Uh, and what's nice about it is even if you come in now, you still get the films that have already been shown. So you, you still get um, all the films that kind of came along. And then also there's still some great films that are coming in this festival. So uh, And then on top of it, there's just some great events that are going to be kind of coordinated with it. So, yeah, the, the value for money, I think, is really great. But then also what you're going to get from it, I think you'll even be blessed more. Just before the break, we mentioned a movie, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, It's got a war theme to it. And while it's not set as an Australian movie, as as I understand it, uh, it was mostly filmed here in Australia. What are are your understanding of of Hacksaw Ridge and the production? Oh, I love this film, Neil. So I I try not to go on to it for too long, but it's just a great film about Desmond Doss, who was a conscientious objector, who never shot a bullet, never picked up a gun or a weapon, is a better way of putting it. And... um, but yet he went through and became one of the greatest heroes out of World War II. And so this story um, is quite confronting. It's, it's, it's directed by um, Mel Gibson, and so they really don't hold back on the war scene. So that's just something for people to be aware of when they go into it. There's really no language, and there's no other objectionable content that really would probably push people away outside of there was a lot of war content. But what's amazing about it is that Mel actually filmed um, the majority of the film here in Australia, and so you'd be able to see a lot of kind of the Australian landscape, especially during the training sessions and things like that. And uh, Teresa Palmer, who plays uh, his kind of love interest and eventually his wife at the at the beginning of the film, she's Australian too. So it's just a, a great film, and I think that too because I. Um, I obviously, with my accent, it's very evident that I didn't grow up here in Australia, but I've come to love and appreciate this Anzac Day so much, um, especially because most of my relatives were Marines back in the United States, and so I find it one of the most um, endearing and um, actually I think it's probably one of the most spiritual days in Australia um, in regards to what people are willing to do and just really commemorate and honor the fallen and also honor our military. When we talk about Anzac Day, what we do is we honour all of those who fought for our nation and we put them into a hero category. We mm. we elevate them to hero status and that's mm. what they are. And, uh, and it's interesting the way people are talking about the medical fraternity right now with the coronavirus challenge. But when Anzac Day rolls around and our diggers take on a whole new persona just for that day when they put on their medals and uh, even putting on old uniforms and they move into uh, that 
pride that they have as being someone who has represented a nation, uh, fought for the nation, fought for our freedoms, and they have this hero status. And there's a certain hero status, I imagine, too, in Hacksaw Ridge, where you've got this sort of search for heroes. Uh, What are your thoughts around Desmond Doss and the way he presents as a hero? Oh, I mean, the thing I, the thing that really is amazing to me, as as much as I um, really relate with and um, appreciate the work that has been done um, by our military here in Australia and around the world, is that um, even within it, there's still struggles and challenges. And the Desmond Doss, um, based on his faith, he was a Seventh Day Adventist and would not. Um, he still wanted to go and serve. Um, as, as a soldier, but he would not pick up a weapon. And he was really kind of uh, bullied and actually um, almost court-martialed to a point um, because he wouldn't be willing to do that. But eventually he did, and he went out as a medical, um, he worked in the medical areas, but also went straight out and actually was right there with all those, even though he never picked up a rifle himself. And it also, it, for me, I, I found it, within this whole um, festival, it has one of the clearest depictions of the gospel um, kind of presented, and it's lived out by Desmond Doss, but then also the fact that um, it's actually conveyed and communicated so well, especially at the end when they do an interview with him, the actual Desmond Doss, before he died. And so it's a, um, it is one of those that we definitely can um, appreciate um, what they do. I mean, they're all... As all of our our heroes, um, besides Jesus, um, they're flawed in different ways, and so that maybe is why we can relate with them. But um, Desmond Doss is definitely one to be celebrated, and I think this film, as well as Anzac Day, are two of those things that we can celebrate. I imagine that one of the very good things about a film festival, and we said it's more than just the, pre- the presentation of a movie, because along with the film, you've got these discussion guides, and the discussion guide takes you deeper into the film. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't just take a film at face value and just watch it uh, passively. Others are wanting to dig a little deeper and uh, talk about some of the issues at the end of it, perhaps even with family or whether it's an online gathering or whatever it might be. But but there are some discussion points that you've got for these films. And, and, and I've, I've just opened up the discussion points that you've got here around Desmond Doss, uh, the idea of uh, of people who take a stand for faith. Uh, those sorts of questions that come out at the end, which give you a wonderful opportunity to start a great conversation around the film. That's right. That's, um, thanks for mentioning that, Neil. It's one of the things we really work hard to do is just kind of taking the conversation. We like to say we, we like to get the conversation started. And a film, especially like Hacksaw Ridge, just opens up massive doors for us to be able to do that. And so what we've provided um, through the festival and at um, Real Dialogue and City Bible Forum our discussion guides for all of the films so that when you get done watching the film, you can, the next day or that night or whenever it is you've watched the film, you can sit down with those that either you've done a watch party with online or you can do it with the family that's sitting there with you watching the film and just kind of talk through some of the deeper conversations. And I think it's one of those things that kind of keeps the conversation going, you know, especially as you're sitting down and having a meal or doing something together. The films kind of tend to really resonate and kind of continue to permeate your ideas and your thoughts 
And so to be able to kind of articulate all of that and maybe get people thinking a little bit deeper is something that we really are striving to do with the festival. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's one of those things. It's a great tool, and they're free. Uh, we've got a link. We'll have a link there available for you if you want it um, to be able to go through and uh, look at the discussion guides and uh, hopefully just get the conversation started around it. And no doubt there'll be listeners who'll want to take advantage of the great opportunity that a film festival presents Hey, we've got this Facebook question that's going at the moment and been inviting listeners to put a vote on there and there's also opportunity to make a comment. The question goes, should we be concerned about the quality of the content in movies we watch? And then the subsequent question to that, uh, what makes quality content in a movie? And I think uh, there's it's very one-sided. Most people are saying, of course, yes, we should be concerned. I wonder whether there's something... Uh, that doesn't always sit there with movies. Uh, Russ, and just a, a quick comment from you, because we're not far out from news, but but we tend to passively watch whatever is coming onto our screens. We ought to be concerned about the content, shouldn't we? Definitely. I think it's one of the things I always talk about. I call it um, where you draw the line. You have to really kind of go through. Don't turn off your brain. Don't turn off your heart. Don't turn off whatever it is and compartmentalize when you're watching a film. Um, don't just kind of just take it in. Really go through and think about it and really look at what it's saying and how that either complements or maybe challenges you to kind of make a stand for your faith on your own and um, whether or not you should be watching it at all. And also considering those that are around you, because, I mean, that's one of the things, too, is that we everybody has different experiences, and so making sure that we're taking the time to make sure that we and also others around us aren't being drawn into either thoughts or sin that they shouldn't be and so uh, I think it's really worthwhile considering the content of film before watching it. Russ before we get into some other aspects uh, why don't we take a call from listener Stephen is on the line from Brisbane. Hi Stephen welcome. Hello. Stephen what are your thoughts? Well, actually I have some thoughts that there are a lot of movies um, but sometimes they seem to run out of content in the scene. So they put in a bad word or something like that because the scene has really gone flat. Um, like, for example, you put British comedy against American comedy. And British comedy, they don't always say something, but you know it's funny. Like, it can be um, just by a look on their face and it speaks a thousand words. Whereas the American humour, they've got to always put something in there because they, they haven't really got the content. Um, okay. As opposed to, say, Australian movies, which always, always, I've always found, um, have had something that doesn't always work overseas, but it works well in Australia. Interesting concept and takes us a little bit off track in some sense here, although we're talking content and if we might be talking about the way that, you know, we talk about the difference between British comedy and American comedy and where we might sit with Australian comedy and all that, the idea that uh, that nudge, nudge, wink, wink that you might get in British comedy, which uh, which sort of uh, is different to American comedy. Here's, uh, glad you've got American accent here today, Russ. What are your thoughts on the different ways that uh, the communication happens uh, in film. You know, Stephen, that is a great point because um, I actually I've written an article on the difference between um, American and, and British comedy because it's very different, especially the uh, the, the subtleties, um, the different things that are just based on a look, and also it kind of goes to a great point is that there's 
a value in writing, but there is also a value in directing and good acting, and that many times um, it really comes down to can an actor convey just with a look or um, a way of being able to do things that would convey multiple words opposed to just trying to fill that space. And I agree with you. I think that uh, many times uh, with American um, comedies and American writing that they're, they kind of sometimes lack that subtlety um, or the kind of wink-wink, nudge-nudge elements that you would get out of, say, Monty Python and others. But yet, I think that um, there is something to be said about each one of the cultures that they bring something kind of fresh to it. And especially my experience with, I've, I've Oh, we've also just put up a whole list on Australian films and why. what is it about Australian films that are so different um, from rest, the rest of the world? And I think that there's, uh, there is just Australians, um, our style of humor and what we really look at and what entertains us is so different than, say, from America or from Europe. And so what is the value of that and also understanding our culture? So I think it goes to... It, what it comes down to, um, especially with the whole Netflix um, element and bringing in all of these different cultures that are now coming in, I think it's a celebrating the fact that we are different in our different cultures opposed to trying to all be one style or one way of communicating it because I think that there's value to that. And so um, I'm, I'm with you completely, Stephen, in regards to I think that there is some lazy writing out there when they just kind of put in foul language for the sake of foul language. But, um, but I think that there is something to be said that I really liked what you were saying, that there is a difference and I think that that's okay. I think that we should really be able to enjoy um, the different types of humor, the different types of writing, and also appreciate it and grow in understanding a little bit more maybe about that culture. Thank you so much, Stephen, for your call. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. Give us a call. Uh, a Facebook comment from Abhishek who says... And as you were mentioning uh, the idea of swearing in movies, uh, Abhishek says, I do not watch movies which use swear words. I dislike movies that promote an agenda. It's like they're advertising their cause in a form of a movie. And uh, that's interesting because movies can be propaganda and uh, they can reflect different agendas here. Uh, so far as swearing and the agendas that some movies uh, create and are uh, foisting upon the unsuspecting public, what are your thoughts here, Russ? Yeah, I think, it, well, there's, there's, two, there's two points. One is that um, when it comes to foul language and, and kind of using those words, I think that that's definitely a line that um, you need to kind of determine for yourself. Are you willing to subject yourself to that? Because it's... It's become more and more um, pervasive throughout all of media that there's a certain level of acceptance um, for foul language, and so yeah, you really need to determine that. And I, I agree. I think that you, it, they, I think sometimes they use it way too much, or they do it just for the sake of being confronting in a certain film. And you can see that when it's just kind of ham-fisted um, in the way that they use that language. Um, sometimes when it's used to convey a certain um, culture or a certain time of, of history or something like that, I can I can probably excuse it a little bit more. But when it's just used for the sake of trying to shock people i don't appreciate it but on the second side uh and i and I, I do appreciate what you're um saying in regards to um uh oh come on the uh what was that? the second point was, that was about agendas um, uh, promoting agendas. agendas well honestly the thing is every film has an agenda i mean 
every single talk, every single one. And so that, again, goes back to the point that you and I were talking about before, Neil, was that you can't just shut off um, your minds when it comes to any film. I mean, it, it, down to the simplest of um, children's TV shows to um, even the, the Martin Scorsese film, all of them have an agenda. It's just a matter of kind of are you willing to just kind of take it all in and accept it, or are you willing to kind of really think about it and go, well, do I believe what they're trying to communicate, or do I look differently at it? And again, this is where I always challenge people, especially Christians, just to really be putting it through a biblical lens and really kind of looking at it from that perspective. I think it really gives you kind of a fresher perspective. But understand, too, is that, yep, every book, every TV show, every movie, it has an agenda behind it in some way. Now, maybe not, maybe, maybe not like a direct one, but all of them are really trying to convey a message, I think. Hey, you know, we can talk all day about some of the bad elements of film, but let's talk about what sort of films that you might recommend here, Russ. And, and I didn't know you were going to do this until you mentioned it uh, while the news was on, uh, the idea of having a vision watch list. A vision yeah. watch list. Uh, is this a, what's, what would be on the, uh, the Russ Matthews watch list as a highly recommended positive style film that, uh, that you can comfortably watch and, and really enjoy and get something deeper out of? Sure. Well, I'll send it over to you. It's, uh, from us here at Real Dialogue, we were kind of inspired by the idea of being on Vision uh, Media. And so we thought, oh, well, let's think of a positive vision um, watch list. And so we put some films together that just kind of have a positive feel to them. And I think that most people could watch with the majority of your family and really be able to enjoy it. So some of the films that we recommended were um, that that just come out on uh, streaming is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, uh, movies like Inside Out, um, Greatest Showman, and um, even the same kind of different as me. And they're just different films that just have a positive message about them. We have about 10 films on this, as well as other ones. We have a, another list that's called Hope Filled Films. And um, just kind of going through and giving people some options to be able to go through and consider, hey, kid, and also we have all the links to our reviews to the majority of those films, too, so that people can go through and say, hey, is this a film really for my family or should be something I should consider? So uh, these are just some of the films that we would, uh, we would probably r- recommend. Well, right interesting, now. interesting, isn't it, that when you're, uh, you're choosing a film on Netflix... Uh, they would have the sorts of things, you know, uh, recommended or because you watched this movie, these are the sort of things that come up and all these algorithms that are shaping us according to the movies that we've watched before. And so it's suggesting all sorts of things. So I'm interested in your idea here when you have a list of films, uh, the positive list. And you mentioned there's a, a hope category that you can actually classify films under these different areas so that you can actually enjoy watching a great movie and at the same time uh, be in some sense edified by the movie. That's a powerful way to think about how you might watch a movie, Russ. Right. Well, you know, you, you, you can, it's a positive way to look at it, but also just kind of, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to go to a list of films and go, oh, you know what, I could watch this with my family, or I could watch this with my mom, or, I can, you know, whatever that you could be able to do, and that both of you would be able to enjoy it. It's not necessarily just a film for the kids. It's not just a family one for 
the, uh, for one person, but really that you could watch as a family. And so, yeah, we try to put together some different things, that, different lists so that, especially right now with everybody kind of in front of the television more and more and also having so much access to so much streaming, it gets a little confusing. It looks, it's overwhelming. And so to be able to maybe help you out um, with that, that's one of the things you really strive to do. Let's talk through some of the films that are coming out soon. Uh, maybe they're just fresh on our screens or they're about to be released. And I know people around the world, I mean, it's difficult when all the cinemas are all locked down and you can't go to the cinemas. Uh, no doubt there are a lot of uh, production companies that are releasing their films uh, straight into uh, internet uh, operated uh, platforms here. But yeah. uh, what's coming out here, Russ? What are the, what are the ones uh, you're highly recommending right now? Okay, so the ones that are going to be coming out that, that either have come out this week or are coming out in the next few weeks coming up would be um, one is one that I mentioned, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. We also have, I still believe, it's the Jeremy Camp's um, story. There's the Peter the Peanut Butter Falcon, which is just a really lovely film that the lead character is actually a Down syndrome um, young man. There's some there is some language in that film, so just so people are aware. And then also they did, they did a remake of The Call of the Wild, the classic Jack London book, once again made, and this one has Harrison Ford in the lead the lead role. Okay, so there's four on your uh, what's coming out list there. The Peanut Butter Falcon, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, I Still Believe, The Story of Jeremy Camp, and The Call of the Wild. Uh, So for listeners, uh, take a special note of those. Uh, Highly recommended by Russ. Hey, Russ, uh, let's come back to some of the films that are in the Hope at Home Film Festival. And uh, I did say the, the, the list is not a secret. Of what's coming up, and uh, but I didn't actually go through a list at the time. I wonder if we can go through a list because I know that it was around uh, Easter time. The very first movie was uh, a really great classic. It was the Passion of the Christ, and uh, it just never, uh, never wears out insofar as the impact that that film has, and especially around Easter time from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what are the other movies that are uh, that are ready to come out in the next little while, uh, actually, yeah, okay. for the Hope, Hope at Home Festival? Well, the ones that are coming out, we've already mentioned Hacksaw Ridge, and then uh, there's also, it's like a series, it's a longer series called The Heart of Man that's coming. Then one that I really um, highly recommend, it's an actually kind of an, more of a Indian-Australian production, would be The Least of These, the Graham Stain story, the true story of Graham Staines, the missionary in India who is unfortunately um, killed with his two sons, but yet kind of their very endearing story is an Australian missionary, um, and it's a really good production that I would recommend for anybody. Also, uh, we've got Ragamuffin, which is um, uh, um, the awesome God, was written by Rich Mullins, and um, so Rich Mullins' story, kind of his very short life that he had, but also how influential it was in the movie industry, I mean, on the on the music industry. And then finally, um, probably it, we're finishing strong with Bethany Hamilton's Unstoppable. I got to watch this the other night, and it's just a fantastic film. It's a documentary based on um, who, if you, may, if you remember her, she's the young lady who lost her arm while she was surfing to a shark. And uh, but yet she had a, her sound Christian faith, but also determination to kind of continue on in the world of surfing. Um, it's just it's kind of the next chapter after the book Soul Surfer. Okay, and along with the films, twenty odd live online festival events 
that you can participate in. And I know that it's all optional. You don't have to participate in them. But if you're going to be part of the film festival, what you have is an option. And you can't do that with just your ordinary movie viewing. But 20 online festival events, and they are interviews. You mentioned a few names of people who are involved in some of those. Uh, but, uh, But what it does is create this opportunity so you can actually interact uh, along the way and uh, put your own two bobs worth in. Is that the case? Yes, it, that, it's, it is so much fun. I've actually just gotten to the point, because I, I love going to the film festivals um, when they're in the theaters because you're usually able to interact with the people who are either behind the production or you're able to get to know the people that were in the films. And with this one, it's amazing what the Heritage Films team has done. They've really pulled together some great people and it's all online. It's so you go. It's on Facebook. And what you do is you go to Movies Change People. Uh, not Movies Change People. You go to Hope at Home Film Festival. And um, if you sign up for it, you automatically get to be able to be a part of the conversation. And they send out. It's on the website as far as the different scheduled events and the different people. Like like I said, Al Stewart, Colin Buchanan, Bethany Hamilton, um, Paul Young, and uh, different people who are going to be a part of this film festival and then you can just kind of come in and you can watch as they're interviewed and also you can send in your questions and participate it's really um an enjoyable experience and also you get to find out a little bit more about the movie and the stories behind it i noticed too that you've got a a a little list of of the best films for families and discussion on streaming services. Uh, there's there's a bunch there uh, which might be worthwhile because these are ones that are already out uh, that have been a big hit uh, that you're recommending. Uh, what what are your what's in your best family films here, oh, yeah. Russ? Oh, great! Thanks for mentioning that, Neil. Yeah. So, um, well, there's an Australian film called Ride Like a Girl, which is based on a true story of the first young lady who actually ended up winning um, the Melbourne Cup. And as far as a horse riding film, it's a great story of film, faith, and family. And then there's also the live-action Aladdin. Out of all of the live-action Disney films, um, Aladdin, I think, is hands down one of the best ones. There's also another film that kind of got... It kind of got passed over by a lot of um, people in the last year. It's called Midway. It's a it's a great film um, on the real the battle of Midway in World War II. And finally, the new rendition of Little Women. Um, I was really pleased with that film and thought it just was a, a great story, a great um, depiction of Louise M. A. Alcott's book, and um, kind of a fresh perspective on it with a great cast. So these are just some films that I think that any family would be able to enjoy and and be able to watch together. So there are great films about. Uh, There are some in the Christian community who are saying, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit more purist here, and I'm wanting to watch Christian films. And, of course, there are some great films in the Hope at Home Film Festival. Uh, You wouldn't say to people, only restrict yourselves to those Christian films because there are so many very solid content films. Just coming back to that question that I've asked listeners, to respond to and uh, that one that's on our Facebook page right now uh, not so much the poll question but the question that comes around uh, the way that we would have hoped people might have made a comment on what makes quality content in a movie and it doesn't have to be a Christian movie with a Christian theme to be a great movie 
But you might hope that the themes that are in that movie are aligned and according with our sort of Christian view of reality and truth. Uh, so there's there's great things that you can do, and and I guess you've got to have a certain level of maturity to be able to make that assessment, Russ. But what are your thoughts here as we come around just the content uh, of a quality movie as we uh, wrap up our conversation? Yeah, you know what? I was really challenged this morning in my devotions just about the whole idea and and concept of integrity. And I find that um, you can really appreciate a film when you can tell that the, regardless if they're Christian or not, if the those who are behind the making of it have really a certain level of integrity and really want to convey a story in a beautiful way, but one that's accessible for people, that's authentic but yet also um, a quality production. I, I think that's what I really look for as a whole package is good writing, even like what some of the, the listeners were talking about, that doesn't necessarily unnecessarily add in shocking language or shocking scenes, but really just show that if you have great acting, great writing, and just a really quality production, that you don't necessarily need to kind of go to those things to be able to get people to watch your movies. And... Also, for me, I think uh, to kind of finish it off with it, if, if it's a film that keeps me thinking about it for days afterwards and wants me to, have, to talk about it with other people, I, I really find that that's where there's a similarity even with, with the gospel message is that you're, able to, you, you're passionate about it and it was so good that it's something that you want others to be able to experience and also that you would be able to um, talk with them about and open up the door maybe to bigger things about God, the Bible, or Jesus. Well, Russ, time is drawing to a close, and I did mention you're a film reviewer and you moderate events called Real Dialogue. You like to connect the film industry with the general public. You've done wonderfully about your role here today. Just quickly on City Bible Forum, you're involved in engagement with City Bible Forum. You'd love to see more people, especially in capital cities around Australia, to engage with not only film but a lot of the different initiatives City Bible Forum. Uh, how are things going around the nation? I mean, obviously you can't really meet, uh, so it's it's. Uh, I guess you're uh, you're in a little bit of a lockdown like everybody else. So give us a little update on how City Bible Forum's going and how you've approached uh, the idea of coronavirus and the lockdowns. Oh, you know what? I'm so glad you asked because we thought that that's what was going to happen with this whole thing that things were just going to shut down. But honestly, what the Lord has really provided for us with um, the coronavirus situation is opening up opportunities for us to reach into, like you mentioned with the festival, into people's homes. And so if people were to go to citybibleforum.org and be able to look for The Edge, specifically um, The Edge called Fear of the Future, we're going to be doing um, on the 14th of, of May, we're going to be doing... Uh, Two talks, one from Sam Chan and the other one from Natasha Moore from the Center for Public Christianity, on this discussion on the fear of the future and certainty in uncertain times. And then if people, they can come along for free and actually participate in a question and answer with the two speakers on that night. And the details are all there on the website. And so that's just one thing among, amongst Bible shots and other things that we have going on at City Bible Forum that are going on all over the country. Um, it's amazing to us how the opportunities have swelled and grown, uh, especially in this atmosphere. And so thanks for your support with that. I, we're really looking forward to kind of some of the events that are going to be coming up over the next few months. Well, 
real honour to you and the team because you didn't just go into hibernation. You've actually decided <laughs> to take this, uh, uh, take the bull by the horns and uh, really get out there on some new platforms. And while people were only able to participate before in the capital cities, now wherever you're listening to our conversation today, you can connect with City Bible Forum and the really great speakers and topics, engaging conversations that you can join into. And uh, it's called The Edge, uh, Fear of the Future. Look out for that coming mid-May, citybibleforum.org. Now, to be part of the Hope at Home Film Festival, hopeathome.com.au. And to connect with Russ and some of these reviews, and a lot, I know a lot of people say, Russ, uh, great hearing a conversation uh, with Russ Matthews on Vision Radio and talking about all these things, but how can I just access that wisdom any old time that I want to, before we have a family movie night. Well, let me point people to realdialogue.com, realdialogue.com. No doubt there's some links there on the City Bible Forum website too. But Russ Matthews, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Neil, it's always a pleasure and I look forward to it. But whenever you want me to come on, I will always be there for you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.